Hello, and welcome to Birth of Family Church Podcast. We trust that you'll find an encouraging word to strengthen your walk with the Lord. And if you're visiting the area, or if you're looking for a good church home, come check us out at birthedfamilychurch.org. There you can find our location and service times. Thanks again for tuning in. God bless. forget the time that I realized that the Bible was more than just a book of information and a, a document of a historic events, but it was actually God speaking to me. Amen. Yes. And it completely changed my perspective of the Word of God. For example, you could read John 3.16 like this, well, God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. And that's pretty awesome. Okay, he gave his son Amen. for the world. But then if you read it, for God so loved Bruce. <laughs> Come on, thank you. Amen. He gave me Jesus Christ. Yes. And it, it, it kind of changed the meaning, doesn't it? Yes, it, does. it stops being information, and then it begins to be personal and directed to us, and it's God saying, yeah, I did all this for you. Amen. And that's really how valuable we are to God. Yes. Yes. Amen. Amen. You see, religion is just about getting good enough for God. Christianity is just receiving all the goodness that God has for us because he already paid the price. Takes a lot of pressure off. Go ahead and grab your Bible or your phone or whatever you're using to look at the Word of God. Oh, by the way, hi out there. Uh, (laughs) Hope you got your Bible. Go ahead and grab it, lift it up and say, this is my Bible. The Bible has been given to me. It's his book. It's authored by him. And he's imparted his life into these words. I choose to believe that this book is speaking to me. God himself is talking to me now in real time. I choose to be as a child. And just take him at his word. I choose to hear. I choose to believe. I choose to apply what I hear. Yee-haw. <laughs> Glory to God. Well, let's get into it this morning. It's good to note that I only have 10 pages of notes, so we should be out of here by 2 o'clock. And that, that, that'll, be, that'll be good. That'll be good. You know, the hardest thing that I've had to do in ministry is to stop talking so much. Amen. Come on. Now, if you would see me at home, I don't say a lot at home. Amen. I'm just not a talker. But up here, all of a sudden, some switch changes, and I'm a, oh, I'm a chatty patty. 
So I, I know you got things to do today, so we'll get to the point. I, I'd, like to ask, I'd like to ask you a question. Now, don't blurt out the answer, because then we're going to know either how smart you are or maybe how, how much you really don't know. So just, just, just think about the answer, right? I want you to, in your mind, to, to give a definition as to what salvation is. What is salvation? Now, I'm not looking for a paragraph. I'm looking for a statement. Salvation is yada, 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 yada. Now, just, just think about that. What is salvation? If someone would walk up to you and they say, hey, do you know what salvation is? What answer would you give them? All right? Make a mental note of what your response is to that question. And that's what we're going to look at this morning uh, from the Bible. Now, I'm going to make a statement of what most Christians think salvation is. And it may be 50% of you think that that's what salvation is. I'm probably wrong. That happens quite often. But let's just, let's just see. Most people ask the question, what is salvation? They would answer that question by saying, salvation is God forgiving me of my sins. Forgiveness is salvation. Meaning that through salvation, that was God forgiving me. So, is, is, is that true? Is that an accurate depiction of what salvation is? Is it God forgiving us? If I believe in Jesus and confess him as Lord, is that him forgiving me? It's kind of a tricky question, isn't it? Let's go to the Word of God. We're going to go back to this scripture we just mentioned a couple of minutes ago, John 3.16. Anybody know John 3.16? Amen. Let's, let's get a biblical definition of what salvation is because there's so much that is encompassed in our salvation. And God wants us to get every bit of it. It says here in John 3.16 that God so loved the world and we'll see here that love, or the God kind of love, is an action word. It says that because of his love, he gave to us his only begotten son, or his son that was born of him. That whosoever do what? Believe, Believe in him. What happens? They shall not perish, but they're going to have something. They're going to have everlasting life. And that's why God, in verse 17, didn't send his son to condemn the world, but he sent his son that the world, through Jesus, would be saved. Amen. Now, this word saved from the King James, that last word here in verse 17, that's the word salvation is a noun. It's a, it's a heavenly substance. The, this saved is a person receiving salvation. So this is the verb to the word salvation. So if you 
do what these two verses say. It says, then you are saved or you have received salvation. Does that make sense? Now, this, this Greek word that, that is translated saved is sozo. And it's, it's interesting. It means an individual being delivered from a fallen sin condition. It means an individual receiving everlasting life from God. Did, did you see that? Yes. Soza, or sozo, is actually S-O-Z-O, the Greek word. An individual delivered from a fallen sin condition an individual receiving from God everlasting life. So salvation is what God makes available to mankind to restore their life back Amen. to himself. Amen. And, and we, we see that salvation is exclusive, that, that God can, can give it to no one except through his representative, his son, Jesus Christ. Don't let the world and its religions, and you know there's so many religions in the world. I mean, when I visited India, I found out that the, the Indian nation worships over six million gods. Everything to them is, is a god. That's why there's stray cows walking all over the city, because that to them is a god. So the salvation that we're talking about is the salvation that God gives, and he can only give it to an individual through the mediator of that salvation, Jesus Christ. Now, how is salvation received? Now, you're thinking, well, this is really a simple service. Yeah, it is, isn't it? But yet there's, there's some people that, that are listening and watching they don't know what salvation is. We have people watching right now from Africa. We have people watching right now from India. We have people watching right now from Joyzy. And they never, they've never been in a church in America that's taught them what salvation is. To them, salvation is just doing what the denomination says to do. And you're saved. So we're just going to go to the Bible and find out. So how do I receive salvation? Salvation is something given. Who's it given by? It's given through Jesus Christ from God, right? It's given. It's a free gift. It's given by grace. But how do I become a recipient of it? So go over to Romans chapter 10, verse 9. Again, these are very familiar scriptures, and I'm glad they are. It says, if. Did you realize how many times the word if is used in the Bible? What does the word if means? It means that that which is about to say is conditional. That kind of, that kind of clears the air with people 
uh, people saying, well, God's sovereign. He's doing everything that he wants to have done on the earth. His will is always being done in your life. No matter what, good or bad, it's the will of God. Well, then, then why would there be an if here then? Don't you think that the Bible will talk a little bit more emphatically? This is what's going to happen, whether you like it or not. Uh, no, it says if. So it says that God's going to do this if I do what he says. Does that make sense? Somebody missed that. You didn't catch that. This word if here is about to tell us what's available to us if we receive it. Do you get it? Okay, good. That was worth paying the gas to get here this morning, right? That little nugget right there was worth paying the $12 it cost you to drive here this morning. Amen? Unless you have an electric car, it costs you 18 All right, so <clears throat> I, I need to settle down. Forgive me, Lord. Here we go. If I confess with my mouth the Lord Jesus, or Jesus as my Lord. And if I believe in my heart that God has raised Jesus from the dead, then I shall be saved. There's that word saved again that we just saw in John 3, 17. Okay? Saved. That's the being a recipient of the salvation that God gives. So understand that believing in Jesus and inviting him into your life is what is required of us to receive the salvation that God gave. Now understand, for 24 years of my life, from the time I was born until I was 24 years old, I only did one half of this verse of Scripture. I only believed in Jesus. And guess what? I was without Christ. And I was without salvation because I only did half of the equation. Did you notice it says, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, then you'll be saved. Most denominational Christians are missing salvation because all they do is believe in Jesus and have never opened their heart and asked him to come in to be their Lord. Come on. Amen. Truth be told. Amen. And I lived it for 24 years. If you had asked me before I confessed the Lordship of Jesus and allowed him into my heart if I was going to heaven, I would say, oh, yeah. Oh, you bet I am. After all, I've got a certificate that said I went through catechism. Come on. And I'm in the know. But it wasn't the K-N-O-W, it was the N-O. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, you don't have salvation. Amen? Everybody smile. Everybody say, this is fun. This is fun. <laughs> Understand it's the confessing the lordship of Jesus. This is huge. Because one aspect of salvation is that you're denouncing who was your Lord and you're receiving a new Lord. Amen. I'm not going to take the time to go into all this. But you're denouncing 
the kingdom that you were in, and you're now entering into a new kingdom. So you denounce the one that you're leaving, and you're embracing and receiving the one that you're accepting. And that, by inviting Jesus Christ to be your personal Lord, is now, that's what gives you entrance into that kingdom, because you're bowing your knee to the king of the kingdom of God, who is Jesus Christ. You're actually coming into a new kingdom. Of which Jesus is Lord or King. Amen? It's they call the kingdom of his dear son. Yes. So look at the verse 10. And we're halfway there, guys. I'm ready to turn the page. I only have two pages, so woohoo. <clears throat> so what you say concerning who Jesus is to you. And with your mouth, you're vocalizing, you're confessing the lordship of Jesus. Therefore, your, your salvation is now created. You create or make salvation take place in your heart. And you go from it being a noun into a verb, receiving eternal salvation. All right? Now check this out. So what happens when you're saved? What happens? Now, again, most people, because this is what they're taught, they're not bad people, this is just all they know because this is all they've been taught. They think all salvation is, is you get this little gold ticket. (laughs) I got a gold ticket. Well, what's that gold ticket for? Well, I now have, I'm on my way to heaven. And that's what salvation is. I got a ticket. And I'm just going to wait around for 60 years until I get there. Check it out. Let's see what the Bible says what salvation is. It says in Acts 2.38, and this is, this is uh, Peter speaking after uh, he went into the street of Jerusalem, along with the other 120 that were in the upper room, and and he began to preach to the crowd. And this is what he this is his bottom line. After he he again reintroduces Jesus to them and what he did, he tells him, Then Peter said unto those who were unsaved. So this is you and I before Christ. Look at the very first thing he says: repent. Repent. It'd be interesting for you and I to read some of the sermons that Jesus preached during his earthly ministry. He used this word repent a lot. And the, 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 John the baptizer, who was, was the introduction to Jesus Christ in his ministry, he used the word repent even more. Very, very necessary attitude of our heart. He says, repent and be baptized. And this is water baptism. Now, this is where a lot of people get the idea that baptism, water baptism, saves you. And that's ridiculous, because that contradicts what we just saw in Romans 10, 9, and 10. Nowhere did it say to to be saved. Baptism wasn't even mentioned. Understand that baptism is a way to 
to publicly announce Jesus is now your Lord. It's also a way to identify what happened through you accepting Christ. Amen. That you, when you're buried or, I, dare I use the word dunk or push down or, you know, you know when you go under the water, that, that's identifying that you died with Christ when he was in hell representing us and then coming up out of the water is that you've been resurrected and have received a new life. Amen? And what they did in the early church is when people received Christ as their Savior, they used water baptism for, to, for them to confess Jesus as their Lord. Remember the, the eunuch riding along in a fancy Cadillac or char chariot, right? And, and Philip, the evangelist, is, is brought to his side. And uh, he, 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 he has the gospel presented to him and the eunuch says, well, is there water? And uh, Philip goes, yeah, there's some right there. And so then they took that opportunity to go down into the water for the eunuch during that particular process of baptism to confess Jesus as their Lord. Amen. So water baptism doesn't save us because you're doing something physical. Salvation is something we're receiving with our heart. Amen. Be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for what? For the remission of sins. The what? For the remission of sins. Now, this may seem like a very simplistic difference between the word remission of sins and the word forgiveness of sins. But they're both completely different events that have a similar result. Now notice that he is receiving, or the people are going to receive the remission of sins of those who are unsaved. So salvation is not simply being forgiven. It's receiving the remission of sins. So the remission of sin is multiple things. We'll I'll look at a quick list here. We won't even go to the scriptures. Remember, the hardest thing I have to do is to squeeze what I say down. So I'm, I'm really trying hard. We're, working, we're making wine. We're squeezing grapes this morning. The re, this is what the remission of sins is. And you'll see it's vastly different than, different than getting forgiven. The remission of sins is the entrance of the Holy Spirit into our heart. Acts 2, 38, the verse we just read. Because it says... Be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and, everybody say and, you, you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. You see, that's the Holy Ghost coming into you. Being a part now and taking up residence in your heart. The remission of sins is our spirit receiving a new nature. 2 Peter 1.4 the remissions of sins is becoming a new creature. 2 Corinthians 5.17 
The remission of sins is being delivered from darkness. Colossians 1, 13 and 14. And the remission of sins is having legal access to all Jesus purchased for us through redemption. Galatians 3, 13 and 14. How many of you know that that's a lot more than forgiveness? You see, if I'm thinking that, for, that salvation is just forgiveness, then I'm going to forfeit all these other benefits. Or at least enjoying all those other things that come with the remission of sins. Amen. Amen. Now, so let's define what salvation is. Is anyone having fun here this morning? I got to have at least one. Amen. How about out there? Are you having fun because you're seeing some things that God's helping you with? Huh? Come on. Amen. Salvation is a sinner. Who? A sinner. Receiving a heavenly birth through receiving Jesus Christ into their heart. A heavenly birth. You're being changed. You're being recreated. You're not just having sin removed. You're becoming a brand new person. You're becoming like God in terms of our nature and that which we have access and authority over. Salvation is one act, one simple receiving becoming a child of God and thus being qualified to receive every blessing that God has made available to you through Jesus Christ. It's kind of like this. Have you ever thought, and if you thought this way, that's a scary thought because I've thought this. Have you ever thought what it would have been like to be born in a different country? Am I the only, anyone else ever think that? I I have. What if I was born, you know, in the jungle of Peru, down on the Amazon? What would my life be like? You ever think of that? I'm glad you don't, Cheryl, because, you know, it's, it's, because there's no real answer of what it would be like. (laughs) Because being born here, which, which is a great contrast to most other nations. Being born here in America, we have certain rights and provisions that are bestowed upon us freely just because we were born here. Amen. Yep. Yeah. Amen. Right? You and I have no idea what it's like to be somewhere else because we've had it so good here. Amen? Amen. Even the people protesting against us and our ways and our beliefs and our constitution have the right to do that because they were born here. You have been born through salvation into the kingdom of God. You're now a child of God. 
and you were just born with a silver spoon in your mouth. Mm -hmm. And you have rights and privileges as a believer. And if you'll learn what they are and begin believing for them and making them a part of your life, the Bible says that you and I will rule as a king in this life. And this is why we really need to know what salvation is. Because a lot of us are forfeiting a lot of benefits of salvation because we don't know about it. So we're, we're seeing what the remission of sins is, and that's what you receive as one who was without Christ. So what does it mean to receive forgiveness? <clears throat> forgiveness is for a believer. The remission of sins is for an unbeliever. Forgiveness has been instituted for you and I who already believe in Christ. Forgiveness is a believer receiving the removal of sin that they have committed as a Christian. Right? Don't you remember? I remember my mommy would, would wash my blue jeans. And I'd put those new blue jeans on, you know, they're just freshly washed. She even pressed them. Yeah. That hasn't happened for a lot of years. And guess what? Bruce would go out there, and by the time I got home, those blue jeans were all grass-stained on the knees and all dirty and the mud that got in and here and there because I was out in the woods and I was out down by the creek and I was out doing all sorts of things, playing football, getting tackled, all the things that kids do. When I got home, guess where Mom was going to put those blue jeans? Into the wash. And that's what it's like for you and I as believers. We make mistakes. We make <coughs> wrong decisions. We do things wrong. We're perfect on the inside, but this house we still live in is still like a, a farm animal. And it gets into some things. Amen? And so God made available for us to be forgiven of what we do wrong. Yes. It's forgiveness is receiving restoration, the restoration of our standing with God. Or to enjoy the benefits of our standing. One minute. Give me an extra minute. Your mother says, don't eat those cookies in the cookie jar. That I just made. I know you can smell them. Don't touch those cookies because we're going to have them after dinner. And she leaves the room. Well, you know, you're a kid. And you smell their, oh, these are chocolate chip cookies, my favorite. So what do you do? You look around. She's not around, right? You go ahead and lift that cookie jar. You take that hot, oh, the, the chips are still kind of molten a little bit. They're just soft and gooey. And you just eat yourself like 12 of those things. <laughs> and then you put the lid back on the cookie jar, but you're not so slick. You made that clang, clang, clang noise when you put it on there. And mama heard it five doors down in the house, you know, because she's got rabbit ears. And here comes mama. Hey, were you into that cookie jar? Well, you know you're busted, right? 
You're, you're, you're toast. Well, you just scamper off. Now, you're still the child of that mom. You still have that relationship, but your fellowship now is hindered. Right? Because your next door friend talked to you that afternoon and says, well, why don't you come sleep over at my house tonight? You know, just ask your mom if it's okay. And you haven't asked mom yet, and now you're thinking, I can't go ask her now. I got caught with my hand in the cookie jar. <laughs> See, sin, things that we do wrong, doesn't change our family status with God. We're still his child. You don't lose your salvation, but you lose the enjoyment of it, just like this little boy did, until he does what? Goes to mommy and said, yes, I was in the cookie jar. I disobeyed you. Forgive me. And then she said, okay, I forgive you. And what? Now the fellowship is back. It's restored. Amen. That's what forgiveness does. All right? That's what forgiveness does. Thank you for that minute. I really took two, but thank you. How do we do that? 1 John 1, 9. First John 1, 9. Now look at this from the King James. Look what it says right here. It says, if we confess our sins. Who's we? Well, this is in 1 John. It was written to a church, so it's written to believers. This isn't for the sinner. Could you imagine if I was required to confess all my sins to God to be saved, that I'd never get saved? Because I couldn't remember all my sins. You see how you can't just confess your sins to be saved? But as a believer, you can. If we, the believer, will confess his sins, and we understand that this is to God, because there's no sense telling some guy in a fancy robe or in a fancy little hut little thing, whatever they call that, with a screen on it. There's no, there's no sense telling them about your sin, because they can't forgive you. Their, their, their doctrine might say they can, but they can't. Only God can forgive. Come on. That's right. Come on. I mean, the Bible shows us that. Only God can forgive. So this is you confessing your sin to God yep. through Jesus Christ. Right? He says if you confess your sins, then he goes into action. Remember the word if? Isn't it interesting? This word is come, being emphasized to us today. There's this word if. This... He is faithful and just to forgive is his side, and he'll, he's ready to do it every time. But it's contingent of him doing that with if I confess my sin to him. And when I do, then what he promised to do automatically takes place. So the if is conditioned on whether I ask for forgiveness or not. What happens if I don't ask? Then he can't do his part of being faithful and just to forgive me. All right, here we go. If we, as a believer, confess our sins, he is faithful and just to do what? Forgive our sins. And not only that, and to cleanse our blue jeans from all unrighteousness. Whatever you got yourself into, it's not so dirty that God can't clean it. 
I don't care how many times you've done that. He, he can't run out of his forgiver. Remember, he's God. And he wants you back. He wants your blue jeans clean. So, first and foremost, when we as a believer, we confess our sin to God, number one, we are forgiven. And I don't care how you feel. Feelings have nothing to do with forgiveness. Well, I just don't feel forgiven. Well, read your Bible where it says that he's faithful and just to forgive you. Take him at his word. Don't go by your feelings. Go by his word. Yeah, but I'm so sad that I did that. I'm so disappointed. Get over it. Get over it. Don't beat yourself up. That's why Jesus suffered on the cross. So we wouldn't have to. And you can't make it right by trying to do 12 things good for him. No, you just go and receive. Just go and receive. So when you ask for forgiveness, this word forgive means to remove and to erase. And if you remove and erase it, it's also forgotten. Yes. If you ever, 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 ever have condemnation about something that you did wrong, but you already confessed that sin before God, according to this verse, that condemnation is not coming from God. It's coming from your enemy. It's coming from the devil or it's coming from your unrenewed mind. God will never do that. The Bible tells us in Romans chapter 8 verse 1, there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. He will never come and condemn us. And that's not his nature. Hebrews 8.12 says, I will be merciful to their unrighteousness. I'll be merciful to those who take cookies out of the cookie jar without asking. And their sins and the, the chocolate on their face, I will remember no more. Come on. Amen. Amen. And then it says that you're going to be cleansed from all unrighteousness that wall that came up between you and him because of what you did is is removed and you're washed please go back to that 1 John 1 9 so I can close First John 1 9 it says that he will cleanse us. Amen. This cleansing restores you and I to who we became that day that we asked Jesus to come into our heart. You're as clean and as perfect as he made you when you ask for forgiveness for whatever you did that was wrong. And the sooner you do it, the better.
because you and I don't want to go a minute without him in terms of having boldness towards him, confidence towards him, faith in him. That's what sin does. It erodes all that. Forgiveness restores it. Amen. Amen. So salvation defined could be receiving Jesus to become a child of God. Salvation is about who you become through resurrection. You receive the remission of sins. Forgiveness is a tool to keep who we've become in his purest state. To keep us clean, to keep us in right standing with him. Does that make sense? Father, I want to thank you this morning that you're showing us how simple it is as a new creature to, to be washed in your blood, to be cleansed and, and to make, be made whole again before you. And Father, thank you for showing us that, that we receive so much more at salvation than any other time in our life. It is going through a doorway and leaving who we were with all of its imperfections and going through this door through a spiritual birth and becoming brand new. A species, as the Bible says, that never existed before, a new creature. And that's why we're forgiven, because we no longer have a past. Those things are just removed simply through a recreation. And we become, we become, we become your child. And as your child, we have benefits. We saw that in the story of the prodigal. That was us. And when we got away from you as your child, you were on the porch looking for us to come back because you made a way for us to come back. It's called forgiveness. So, Father, I believe right now there's, there's someone watching by the live stream. And you've done something in your life that you think is unforgivable. Well, in your mind you might come to that conclusion, but that's not biblical. doesn't matter what you've done. His forgiveness is greater than any sin that you and I can commit. I encourage you to ask the Lord to forgive you. I encourage you to go to him and say, let's just like the prodigal. Go to him and say, hey, I'm not worthy to be your son. And then listen to the Lord's response. No, you are my son, you always will be my son. I now forgive you, and he's going to put that robe of righteousness back on you. He's going to put that, that, that ring on your finger, so now you can go to prayer and receive anything that you need, because you are a child of God. So do that right now. Just say this. In fact, repeat after me, everybody. Just repeat after me. Father in heaven, I've sinned against you. 
And ever since I did that, I feel guilty. I feel condemned. I don't feel worthy to talk to you. So I choose to follow what the Bible says. I confess my sin right now. I repent of that act. And I turn from it and I embrace you. Forgive me, Lord. Forgive me. And you said in your word that when I confess my sin to you, you become faithful. You become just. And you remove that sin. You forgive me. And you clean me. I believe I have forgiveness now. And I believe I've been made whole and clean now because of what Jesus did for me. Thank you for it, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. God is so good to us.